0: Welcome to the Lifestyle of Reverence podcast. My name is Rochelle Sheik, and I'm the founder of Koya. Koya remembers that everything is interconnected, lives a lifestyle of reverence, integrates the polarities of masculine and feminine, light and dark, and heaven and earth into wholeness. Koya honors the energy that moves outwards to the cardinal directions, to the north, to trust the physical sensation of truth in the body, to the south, anchoring your truth through doing your sacred work in the world, to the west, following the call of your soul to explore, and to the east, living your life as prayer. Koya also honors the energy that moves inwards to access your inner wisdom, inner creativity, inner sensuality, and inner light. Koya honors through movement, Ritual, community, and pilgrimage, exploring the paths that point you back to your soul, giving you courage to enter the portal of possibility, to remember, to remember. Our first series is about the call to create, and that our bodies were meant to do this. We'll explore the themes of menstruation, pregnancy, hormonal cycles, and the value of lived experience in the body as a way to map the path of creation from idea to actualization.
1: Welcome everyone. I'm Rochelle Sheik and I'm here with Jamie Watkins today and I'm very excited because Jamie is an old dear friend of mine. She's one of the best storytellers on the planet and then she also has really inspired the evolution of my understanding around embodying the feminine. So I have been teaching Koya for about 10 years and It's been all about honoring the feminine, honoring the feminine cycles, but Jamie is one of the first people, even though it was on my peripheral awareness around menstruation um, and this being um, a potential metaphor into understanding feminine power, that she was the one that really went on her own journey, explored. She'd come back and tell me what she was learning from her books and her courses. And it really landed in me. It really inspired me to look at my own cycles differently and to become so much more curious for the information that was out there and also its connections to um, the more mystical, esoteric aspects of life that are reflected when you really pay attention to these cycles so I just want to say thank you Jamie for being my friend thank you for inspiring me and thank you for being here today of course thank you Michelle <laughs> and you. and also Jamie has been on a few koi retreats and done um, the koi teacher training so she also has a really strong understanding of the context in which we gather around through movement we remember remembering our essence and really valuing our own lived experience So I really wanted to jump in and and basically you said something to me once which was really like, whoa. (laughs) You said a lot of things to me that have really been expansive, but it was something along the lines of, you know, menstruation being a shamanic journey that you go on. And, and I'm just curious what if you could share with us a little bit about your journey with, you know, basically becoming a menstruation womb priestess. <laughs> like, like, I imagine you weren't necessarily born. <laughs> Thinking that would be my title? No. Yeah, you didn't necessarily go to college and major in it. You know, like, if you want to take us on a little journey, um, how you got here, where you are.
2: Yes, well, thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here with you, Rochelle. And, um, I, you know, I love Koya and I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this journey was not at all what I was expecting to happen in my life. And as you know, the last couple of years were were quite challenging for me when I got uh, ill with advanced stage endometriosis which i didn't know at the time was what was happening but around my cycles i would have such excruciating pain that you know i would turn white as a ghost and sometimes pass out in the bathroom uh from pain or i would convulse on the floor from pain and then it started to to not just be during my bleed time it started to be any time really in my cycle i could just be at the grocery store and um and in 30 seconds, be convulsing in pain and you know, ER visits and, and ambulance trips and all these things. So my womb was really, really, really screaming at me to pay a lot of attention. So when I went to the doctor and was diagnosed with stage four endometriosis and they said, oh yeah, well, this is incurable. and This is chronic and there's, there's really nothing you can do. You just have to live with it. And that just was not an option with the amount of pain that I was experiencing. So I thought, okay, what are all the tools that I know? How can I heal myself, mind, body, and soul? And what is this part of my body trying to say to me? And I really had this epiphany that, you know, with spiritual practices, we practice, I practice self-love from a head-based place, mantras and meditations and affirmations. I practice self-love from a heart-based place. You know, even Koya, we talk about heart opening, expanding, expanding. Um, you know, follow your heart, being, practicing loving kindness. But I had never practiced self-love from a womb-based place. So I didn't even really know where to start to love myself from this time. I really only thought about my womb if A, there was ever any talk of like, you know, someday having a baby and B, if I was bleeding or C, if I was in pain. So I had a friend who said to me, it's almost like you're in couples counseling with your womb. Mm. and I said yeah well I'm the one sitting there in the chair saying all she does is scream at me (laughs) or else she's numb those are my experiences of my womb and I really dropped down because I started to drop down to that part of myself to ask you know what do you need and the answer that I heard when I said that to a friend from the deepest part of me was I wouldn't scream if you listened when I whispered Mm. and I knew that I needed to change my relationship then with my womb and so you know I, I really started to pay attention to the expansion and contraction based on being around different situations different people different things I would read and started to really have this deeper conversation with my intuition with my womb with my most feminine center and I started to realize that, isn't it? As many of the self-love practices as I had, what I really felt underneath everything, when I would bleed or when I would be conscious of my womb, was shame mm. and disdain and disgust. And so, as many things as I was practicing, this was so real and so ingrained that I didn't even realize that you know I'm I'm feeling this way about my creative center my most feminine parts mm. and so that started the excavation of different practices as you mentioned reading different books taking different courses to um get in alignment with you know self-love from a womb place place wow wow <laughs> <laughs>
1: A few things that come to mind as I listen to you was that powerful moment. It's like, I wouldn't scream at you if you would listen to me when I whisper. Mm -hmm. And I think that in so many of our lives, that's really the invitation is to come into this place of being really present and creating enough space that we can listen. Mm -hmm. And then also it's like this thing about having access and trust. So it's like, well, how do you listen? You know, the meditation, the yoga, the Koya, you know, whatever the things are, the, you know, just staying in bed the day that you have the first day of your cycle. Like what, you know, how do you, and then how do you start to trust what you hear? Mm -hmm. And, And so I'm curious, like, what are some of the things as you, as you made that transition to start to listen to the whispers so it didn't have to be a scream anymore Mm -hmm. like what are some of the things that have been revealed to you on this path of really really listening to your womb and really you know just putting time and attention on understanding your own body and your own cycles Mm -hmm.
2: Well, number one, I would, um, like, I, like I mentioned, start to feel a contraction or expansion subtly when I would walk into a room. So let's say I I am working at a company and I start to realize, oh, wow, my body actually does not like walking through the door here. Uh, and what, you know, I'm noticing that whisper, what does that mean? And how can I then, you know, make changes based on that? Um, the other thing that was really a big like, green light for me was realizing my body was asking me for rest. Mm. My body was asking me for rest during my cycle, which um, kind of leads me down like menstruate, conscious menstruation or menstruation as a shamanic journey, which is when I began to live my life in cycle and understand the ebbs and flows of estrogen and progesterone and, and my moods, I began to, um, give my body what it was asking for and began to to think of it less menstruation, not as an inconvenience, but what if menstruation is my number one tool for (laughs) (laughs) self-care? And if I'm able to tune in to the subtleties of my own energy, the subtleties of my hormones and my feelings and give my body what it's asking for in those subtle whispers, what happens? Mm. and what happens Rochelle is it's it's like unlocking superpowers it's it's realizing that women are cyclical like the moon I'm cyclical every day I'm a little bit different than I was the day before mm. men are more linear like the sun there may be clouds in front of it but the sun is still there in its fullness every day women go through more changes in their hormones in 30 days than a man does in in a year what <laughs> so we have this big, you know, orb in the sky, the moon, that is a representation of the face of us every day. It, it changes. The moon changes subtly every day. So I started to really tune in to those subtle changes and then realize there are some days when I'm in my fullness and I don't need as much sleep and I am able to communicate more effectively and I'm able to write and write and write and write where I have other days where I'm more in my darkness I'm more internal and I need time to go inward and to receive uh and then some of the things that have really shifted for me just have been in that receiving and listening when I am in my dark moon phase when I am bleeding is that um, like answers come to me in ways that, that didn't ha- that I don't have to reach for anymore. Mm-hmm. And the biological reason behind that is that when you're menstruating, the left and right hemispheres of your brain fire equally more so than any other time of your cycle. So to be still and to rest and to give my body what it was screaming for, or then whispering for, and I was brave enough to answer, I was able to problem solve in ways I couldn't be for. Mm -hmm. I was, this is why in ancient cultures, ancient, ancient cultures, um, the belief was that the veil between this world and the next was the thinnest for women on their menstruation Mm -hmm. because really I'm able to hear. And so that of course strengthens my, my intuition because I'm, I'm taking time to rest and I'm able to hear and my brain is, is, you know, putting things together. I'm like, oh, okay. So just the more and more I practiced, the louder and louder my intuition got. And really menstruation is the basis to take conscious menstruation, which is really shamanic menstruation in disguise. Because <laughs> like all these magical secret, you know, like worlds starts to open up to to me, to you as an invitation when you start to give your body what it needs. Um, it's the basis. And then, and then in that flow, when you give yourself that rest it needs, you're able to capitalize on the rising energy levels, the rising estrogens, and the, uh, it's like a whole creative process that starts first, if you plant the seeds in menstruation that will come into bloom the rest of the month.
1: Mm. <laughs> it's like after you speak, I just have this moment of being like, wow, there's so much there and and so the next thing I want to ask you is okay so I've heard you talk about this a lot and it's still like impacting me of just so many ways that I could implement this into my body on a deeper level more than what I do already Mm -hmm. but I'm curious from your perspective and I know you've tried a lot of different things but if someone's like hearing this and they're making that connection where it's just like, I feel like so many things when it's like a profound truth, it's like brilliant common sense. It's like, I can't even disagree with you. Like there's, there's it's like, you know, like, of course, that makes so much sense. You have the science to back it up. You know, your hormones are shifting. You know, there's these different times like you can, there's, there's no confusion around it. But, but because of the way that we operate in our culture, like the default mode of just sort of like, you know, negating our body's wisdom, not totally listening, not tuning in, just go, 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 do, 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 and overriding what the body really needs. Mm -hmm. Is there something that you would say has been the most impactful in really taking this from like a mental idea, like, okay, I understand this concept into an embodied practice, like where it's like really the information, you got to live it in your life versus just know it. Mm hmm. Is there a practice that or or just something that like allows that to take that inspiration of your ideas where someone could really bring it into their life? hmm.
2: Well, it's interesting, Rochelle, because the biggest practice is menstruation itself. <laughs> so you don't even really have to do anything except for switch your attention around a practice that is already begging for your attention every <laughs> 27, 28 days. So it's really about experimenting. Like, first of all, noticing
1: mm-hmm. how do
2: you really, truly. Truly, no filters. How do you really feel about it? And is there shame there? Because I'm guessing there probably is. And is there disgust and is there disdain? And to notice. And then to see if you can experiment with switching that. So the number one thing I would say, honestly, Mm -hmm. is rest. Mm -hmm. The first day of your bleed, and sometimes right before you bleed, is when my body asks for rest. It's like the void period. It's like... Mm -hmm. It's like a, in Mecca, like in the Muslim religion, it's almost like a call to prayer. Mm-hmm. It's like you can feel this call. It's like it's coming. And and so rest, number one, when you need it. And number two, and this is sometimes scary for women, is to see your blood, mm-hmm. to see it, to put it on your finger, to look at it, or maybe collect your blood in a, in a diva cup instead of a tampon or in a reusable like pad that you can rinse out and to see it and to notice is it so scary what comes up for you is it is it even maybe beautiful can you start to shift your perception to it being from it being dirty to it being what creates life on the planet Mm -hmm. so those are the two biggest practices
1: Wow. I, I love the way that you phrase that in the sense of like, you don't have to do anything as much as, you know, be aware and listen. That ties in so beautifully to, to your experience. And, um, and then also that I, I remember you sharing the second thing with me as well and just, you know, to really experiment and experience, you know, through your own, like just having an actual relationship with it instead of like a mental idea of like having an actual interface Mm. and then I started to laugh a little bit because I was like okay that's what I'm going to say from now on instead of like I'm on my cycle be like I'm in Mecca (laughs) 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 where where are you going I'm going to Mecca (laughs) Um, you know a lot of my friends
2: who who have been practicing conscious menstruation with me have have changed the name of their, their yeah. moon time, or one of my friends calls it her queen time. because She treats herself like a queen at that time. Ooh. Or Mecca is a good
1: one too. The list can just keep growing. Mm, yay. I love it. James, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, I'm so grateful for the generosity of your time and for the courage of your journey to be able to, explore this territory within yourself and really call on all the wisdom of ancient cultures and practices and, and really be a bridge to integrate them into a modern context. The way that you speak about this is so accessible and inspir- inspiring, but it carries the depth of that ancient transmission. And so I really am so excited that you're sharing more and more of, um, of the medicine that's inside of you. So thank you so much for being here with us today.
2: Thank you, Rochelle. It's
0: a pleasure. Yay. To continue the conversation, visit us at koya.love, Q-O-Y-A dot L-O-V-E and lifestyleofreverence.com for more information about movement, rituals, community, and pilgrimage.